Yes. Hello. Hello. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, back again with the Cinema Draft Podcast, Episode 9, with our mystery guest, our mystery guest, Lolita Files, author, producer, writer, entrepreneur, social savant. Say hello to the people, Lolita. Mystery day. Are they ready for your mystery day? <laughs> Welcome to the Cinema Draft Podcast, where daily fantasy sports meets the movies. But instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. And how their movies perform at the North American box office earns you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. We will get into all the gameplay later, but right now I am broadcasting from the lovely Leah Files, Los Angeles, California residents. And what shall be our drinking game this week, Lolita? Ooh, drinking game. Yes. What word shall, that, that we love to use among, you know, among common company that we like to use that might get people lit AF? Mm, lit AF. Mm. How about, you know, actually, going off of what we just saw, let's just use the word appropriation because we're about to get into what I'm watching. And we just saw an episode of Atlanta that blew my hair back. Mine too. My goodness. And, and she, she had a lot of hair, y'all. She's rocking a beautiful fro. Everyone out there with friend V, you know, let's give it up for the, for the return of the fro. Yes, and what's becoming almost a weekly ritual now is my love affair with this show, Atlanta. Yes, we know. I went to Morehouse College. Yes, we know. Atlanta's my favorite city in the country. But yes, we know that this show, it might be my favorite show of the decade. My God. This episode tonight... <laughs> Spoiler alert, although this will be going up Wednesday morning. If you haven't seen it, that is on you. My goodness. It was pr- it probably crammed every single black bourgeoisie stereotype uh, notion, anything that, that you've ever come across with just you know bougie black folks into one episode. And even better than that, it went its level further by introducing <laughs> that just pure cultural white appropriation of black culture and all i gotta say is i'm I'm totally here for this episode it probably it probably gave life to every thought i might have had of some of that that one random white person who comes in who tries to be down who tries to tell you about your history who tries to be blacker than you i I just couldn't take it i couldn't take it It was awesome. Oh my goodness. And we were sitting there like just screaming the entire time, almost like these people cannot exist. But I mean, in, in, but they exist and they exist aplenty. Uh, in positions of power, no less. Oh my God. It was, it was kind of scary, but I was laughing through the tears. Atlanta, I love you. Donald Glover, keep doing your thing. Hey, actually, let's give up to Donald Glover. The new. Donald Glover is the bomb. The new Lando Calrissian. Yes. Yes, ring that register. Fun fact, I went to school, like high school, with the with one of the co-directors of the Han Solo movie. Shout out to Christopher Miller. Hopefully, we'll be playing Cinema Draft this week. <laughs> I did hit him up. Hopefully, we'll get see a call sheet in there from Lord and Miller. They are noted fantasy football addicts. And yes, so, and I think that's a, I mean, Percy, you know who you are. G-nice. There's been some controversy <laughs> around the casting of Lando Calrissian as uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. I, honestly, I think there couldn't have been a better choice. He's of the moment, O'Karant, as they say. He's 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 so hot right now. 
Donald Glover is so hot right now. Love but it. yeah, but I mean, and he's got like you know the he's got a little bit of the comic relief that Atlanta Calrissian was. <laughs> but one thing Sorry. that came up was that was that people think that Donald Glover isn't smooth. Like he's not suave enough to be Lando Calrissian. What do you think about that, Lolita? I think he's perfect. I mean, I really love um, what he brings to Atlanta. He's got his own kind of swag. And I think that that's a perfect transition for him. Yes. And yeah, no. And, and, and also, I mean, he's, he's shown the, the pension to be a little serious in some other stuff. I mean, even though once again, largely played for laughs, but he was a magic Mike XXL laugh. If you want to laugh, if you want to, but that was a quality fun movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Magic Mike's that's, that's what we were watching. We were watching Atlanta tonight. And once again, lit as fuck. It was so very lit. It, remember I wrote a short story a couple years ago called Appropriate Matters? Oh. That's no. about white appropriation. Oh. And, you know, it's an amusing journey that takes a sharp left turn. Oh, yes. Kind of like, like that. So, I mean, not, once again, not to spoil, but I mean, this, this, there's so many levels to this episode of Atlanta that at one point you actually felt bad for the white appropriator because a little, oh, I mean, absolutely not. Well, no, 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 no. He was so tone deaf. No, 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 no. He was tone deaf, but that, that moment where he was embarrassed by his black wife for being you know, just <laughs> bougie as fuck. No, seriously. I mean, I mean, you get just, 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 just a, a sous-son. A no. sous-son. No? No. 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 No, not a Susan, not an iota, not a scotch. Not a scotch. Man. Nah, he, he got none of that. Man. Well, it was, it was a supremely well-written, excellent episode. Because, because when we start to feel bad, we feel embarrassed that our people are embarrassing the appropriators. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what kind of Ouroboros circle jerk is that no no it was more like like she was just so out of like out of pocket with how she was you know treating you know other people he felt embarrassed not so much from a cultural standpoint but from like as a husband like i mean i've never been married i don't know what it's like to kind of carry that weight of of another person or whatever but you've been with people that you brought to a party and they've embarrassed the hell out of you but then any empathy sympathy feel bad i have for him it's just me flashing back Tim him talking about why he painted that picture about the black experience or him dapping up Donald's character. Oh, yeah, with, with the extra jive handshake. Yeah, please, white people, and, we love you. Please don't do that. And please the don't shock do that. slash disdain that he has for the fact that Donald's character has never been to Atlanta. Excuse <laughs> yeah, me, Africa. Africa. Yep. And he doesn't know where his tribe is or whatever. It's like, really? really? Do, you, do you know your tribe? I don't know. I absolutely tribe. do. Oh. About, about, uh, four years ago, Isaiah Washington, actor, actor Isaiah Washington, encouraged me to do African industry. Oh. And I did. And I found out um, on my mother's side, my people are from Guinea-Bissau, and they are the Balanta and Brahma people. Oh. So I know. Your history. I haven't yeah. been to Africa yet, but I'm going, but, you know. And that and three dollars can get you a Starbucks. <laughs> but that's good to know. It's good to know. It is good to know. I have no idea. But the point of the the point of that scene in Atlanta this evening was that who care? I mean, we, we you can care, but I mean, just asking about that type of stuff. He tried to culture shame. Yeah, thank you. Character by saying you haven't been to Africa, as though he just had coins lying around. 
where he could just roll out to Africa? Absolutely. No, I, 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 culture shame. That's an excellent word for it. Culture shaming. Don't do it, people. Please don't do it. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't ask you what part of Sicily or whatever your people are from. Just, just don't do it. Don't do it. And that's why I had no anything for him when his wife embarrassed him. Mm. Had none for him. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what else I'm watching is Insecure. I like to say it's like the L.A. kissing cousin. Yeah, spiritually at least of of Atlanta, it's it's a little more, it's a lot more structured actually than Atlanta is, but it's just as is poignant and, and hilarious. And Issa Rae every week, girl, keep killing it, killing yeah. Issa. Yeah. Oh, just enjoy it. Fantastic! It's I, I love it. I love it so much. And again, that the character that's the blood. Oh, <laughs> they won't say the word letter C in anything. Issa, Issa, the cherry on top of all of it. What's up with that bouch? Stuff that, bear bears. <laughs> bear bears. I mean, not I mean, care bears, bear bears. Bear bears. That's I mean, right. And of course, my my favorite, the easily you know the one of the breakouts from the show is of course uh, Molly played by Yvonne Orgy. I think that's her name. Man, she. I mean, she. We, I went to school with her. I I know her. Oh my gosh. We all know her. So you want to be in separation away from all these black? Children. Oh no! Oh, I'm 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 sorry. No, I so actually I actually did not. Go, no, I'm sorry. I actually did not go to That's school to, with Yvonne Orgy. I did not go to school with Yvonne. Orgy. I'm saying I went to I school with women university. like her. You're going to university shame me. I'm not. Oh, I went to school with her. The house? Yes, we're very proud. Morehouse. No, I did not actually go to school with Yvonne Orgy, but I, I went to school with, parents, so with women like they her. They were from Mississippi. <laughs> My <laughs> black Trump sure black. Well, yes. Giving you her her black bona fides. Please enjoy. <laughs> I have my fist balled up right now. You can't see it, but it's balled up. Don't worry, you're black enough for this podcast. Upright, not often balled up. Lolita, you're, you're black enough for this podcast. As a matter of fact, we're already en route to being the blackest podcast yet. <laughs> this has been my pop filters are like really black. She and and that's and that's why I've been so excited to get her on a podcast. I have she, a black mic. She is. Lolita is so plugged into pop culture. She's going to be an asset to this program. Um, what else do we watch? Uh, actually, did you see anything this weekend, Lolita? Because I see everything. I saw nothing but my computer screen. I'm grinding for this project I'm working on. And so I haven't seen anything. Working so black producer, y'all. WP, WBP. Trademark. WBP and writer. You know, so and writer. There I'm you grinding. go. We can't put it in a box. Uh, I, I did see Jack Reacher. Um, I, I would like to apologize, of course, uh, the unfortunate turn of events Thursday night. We had to cancel game. Thank you for nothing, Heroku hack. Uh, we had to cancel our games. And so I got an early start on my evening, and I went to go see Jack Reacher in D-Box. And it was weird. It had potential, but it felt like this strange 90s throwback action movie with a lot of awkward, unnecessarily lingering shots, broadcasting intentions, and uh, with them shoehorning in this like unnecessary bizarre subplot involving like absentee dads, I mean it's just I don't I don't get. I mean it was fine. It, the action was actually really good. The chemistry between Smolders, Kobe Smolders, the female lead, and Tom Cruise was good. But uh, what are you doing? I mean, go home. You're drunk. Two reels. I was just I was over it. And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, Jay Devlin, big shouts, mostly sports podcast. Uh, Jay Devlin, you know, a friend of the podcast, he was, you know, all about, you know, Jack Reacher and as well as uh, Ouija and some other movies that were coming out over the weekend. And he and, and he was he, basically his base strategy was going to be to have, you know, a significant amount of Jack Reacher, 
you know, maybe do a headliner stack of Tom, Tom Cruise and Kobe Smulders. And lo and behold, here come Medea. Wow. Good morning. Hey, hunty. I can't even do a good Medea voice. Medea came for her money. <laughs> she came for her she, came, she, you know, and I was going to have at least one Medea headliner, but my God, she came and swept. When she uh, comes, she's coming for her coins, and she gets her coins. Do not doubt the Tyler Perry money-making machine. I know yeah. I won't. I know I won't. Every time you think it's abating, it shows you, nope, it's doubling down. <laughs> That's it's, it's like, right. so what? There's a bounty of, like, you know, really multi-layered uh And I'm material. busy looking for a plug, so thanks for filling the space, Lolita. Behind, behind that. <laughs> Behind that uh, that square thing with the brown thing on it. It's oh, called a, it's called a, a a chest. Okay, we are live, ladies and gentlemen. I'm at, the, I'm at the hour where I no longer know the names of Unfiltered. things, filtered, but I can describe their shape. There we go. Yeah. There so. We go. Yeah. Because we want to be, we want to have this be more than a fifteen-minute podcast. That's right. Okay. So. So, yeah, so that's what that's what I've been watching. It's been a very our view, video users. Sorry about that, <laughs> video viewers. Sorry about that. Uh, it's been uh, a fairly low key weekend where we're trying to get our stuff together to give a. We the new call sheets are or the new talent pool is up. Make sure you go and fill out your call sheet, and we are actually going to launch into this week's topic. We are doing in honor of my lovely hostess. Lolita Files, live from Hollywood, California, working black producer TM. We are doing movies about Hollywood. Hollywood movies, everybody. Here are the rules real quick. We alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, that movie's out of play. And to demonstrate, I will go first because I'm not a gentleman. I will not let go first. Okay. <laughs> so the first movie I'm going to so take. So much for me being special. <laughs> the first movie yeah. off the board because because I'm, I'm down and dirty like that, is, of course, L.A. Confidential. Set in Hollywood with Starlet's period piece. Period piece from, what was that, Rolo, a James? Rolo Tomasi. Yeah, it's exactly. Tomasi. From a James Elroy novel. I believe, as if he was on his way right then, and then Gladiator came and just blew him the fuck up. But yes, that that yeah. was definitely the movie that put Russell Crowe on the Guy Pierce, yeah, him and Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Movies. Luscious, luscious uh, visuals. Curtis Hansen, rest in peace. Excellent filmmaking. James, uh, tall, skinny. Oh, James, uh, I know you're talking about the guy he's, who's in everything. Yes. James. Not, he's Rolo Yeah, uh, uh, Cromwell. 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 Yes. The God. So that's. Let's not forget Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger. That's right. Look With luscious, lovely Veronica Lake like blonde locks. So that's my first pick. See, I thought you were going to go full alliterative with that. Luscious Veronica Lake like looks. <laughs> You missed an opportunity there. I got the locks in, LLL. That's right. Smarty Artie up in here. The most educated black podcast you're going to experience all week. Yes. All right, so your turn. We bring bring the A, the E as well. That's right. So now it's your turn, Lolita. What is going to be your first Hollywood movie pick? Your first pick. Uh, I mean, we we have five, so so start. They can be old. They can be new. They, anything, as long as they have to deal with you know Hollywood. 
Can I say The Apartment? Sure. It's one of my favorite movies. It's, go ahead. Uh, break, it, break it down so it may forever and WWE broke. About the apartment? Please tell us about okay. The Apartment. When it came out, what year did it come out? By Billy Wilder, it, uh, it came out in I don't know, I think right? it was like 1960, 61. Okay, you have Jack Lemon, you have Shirley MacLaine, mm. you have Fred McMurray mm. in this incredible role as this hard ass, selfish jerk of a boss, <laughs> Billy Wilder. Yes, and here's the premise you've got this really super populated insurance firm in New York. Thousands of employees. I'm not okay. exaggerating. Okay. And you've got this guy, Jack Lemon, and he's just a drone trying to make his way up. He's single. He's got an apartment. And the other married guys come to him to borrow the key to his apartment to have their assignations. And they tell him, let us use your apartment. We'll help you move up. And so he's got a crush. Okay. On Shirley McLean, okay. who's the elevator operator. Okay. And the big boss says, I'll move you up. Right, Murray? Okay. Use your key. I hear you're the man. He lends him his key. Turns out he's having an affair with the woman who is the object of Jack Lemon's affections. No. And this was Darkness so- ensues. And this apartment's apartment. in Hollywood. Excuse me? And his apartment's in Hollywood. His apartment is in New York. Oh. Does it have to be in Hollywood? It has to be in Hollywood. Oh. Or deal with the industry. That. <laughs> that sounds like a great movie, though. Backstory? No, no. Let's go to Swingers. Oh. Oh. Why did I think of that? Swingers. Swingers. Oh. Yes. Well played. Well played. Mikey with his friends. We can cancel the rest of this podcast. Just do swingers riffs inside oh. and out. That, oh man, it's, I love and that. You grows up and you grows up and you grows up. You're all grown up. You're all grown up. up. Or I mean, even your money, Mikey. Your money. Man. Your money. You don't even know it. Oh my. Don't I'm, even know it. Who? That that movie hits everyone in a real place, especially me. It when, does. Because when I moved to L.A. in actually, I think it was 99, really. I mean, that movie did come out just a few years earlier, and everything they talk about is true. The little speakeasy places with no with you know backdoor entrances, everyone wearing those little hipster crap, which I still I think they wear. Yep. The, I and mean, they do that when they go through when they go through the restaurant, yes, back, yes, like in Goodfellas, yep. And then they do that scene. The Reservoir Dogs. Walk, like, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs, yep. Absolutely. Doug Lyman, the, the god, the, coming out Doug strong. Lyman. The classic moment from that is when Mikey calls Nikki at her answer machine, <laughs> and it keeps cutting him off. <laughs> and he and keeps so recording. He's like a freaking insane caller. Oh, man. And I believe every guy's done at least, not all the way that, but at least, like, maybe two or three times where we try to, like, clean up our message. And it's, it's humiliating. Humiliating. I think it introduced the how long, how many days you're supposed to wait before you call someone. Oh, I still hate that. Rule. Still hate that rule. That's yes, fairly true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well done. Well. You're welcome. Swingers. After I, after I went off, totally off script with the apartment. Like, oh, my bad. Mm-hmm. Swingers. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So now I gotta, I gotta hit back hard. And yes, I'm cheating. I'm googling. That's what we do. You know, actually, this one's oh, not no. bad. I like swimming with sharks. Swing with Sharks was, was good. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, Kevin Spacey. You know, uh, you've, you've got your 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 wide, doe-eyed, you know, writer from Frank Whaley, who was recently in 
Yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, if I think I'm going to a Halloween party this this weekend, I think I'm going as Luke Cage. Easiest costume ever. Just get you like a twelve dollar hoodie. Jam some holes in it. Jeans, around them. yeah, jeans, and you know, drawn a little goatee. You know, go as Luke Cage, Frank Whaley. I mean, it was, and it's basically about the whole Hollywood system, how cutthroat it is. You've got Christian Slater in there. I mean, it's, it's got, it's actually, or actually, Christian Slater was in the stage play version, but it's, it's Mamet. I mean, you can't go wrong with David Mamet. He's, Mamet. he's amazing. I mean, you know, another one, not a Hollywood movie, but Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is David Mamet. Of that course, that was just on a couple nights ago. Was it? Yeah. That, and, 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 and is there anywhere in the, in the office? Prize, Take dies. Third, third place, you're fired. Always be closing. <laughs> Always be closing. <laughs> David <laughs> Mamet the God. So yeah, Swimming with Sharks. That's my second pick. Your turn. A movie that I love. Okay. Laurel Canyon. Oh, okay. Honestly, okay. Mess with me, man. Go ahead. I go love ahead. Laurel Canyon, where you have Alessandro Nivola playing a Chris Martin type character true true you know you've got kate hmm. beckinsale you've got christian bale okay kate and christian are a couple who come out to cali to la okay he's out here doing a rotation mm -hmm. she's working on her dissertation on freaking fruit flies <laughs> they there was they're supposed to stay at christian's mom's malibu house she's a record producer she's really out there they can't stay at the house. No, she's supposed to be at the Malibu house, and they're going to be at her house in Laurel Canyon. Okay. She let one of her ex-lovers have the Malibu house, so when they get to the house in Laurel Canyon, she's there <laughs> with her rock star lover, mm -hmm. and they're making the, his album, and chaos ensues. Chaos because, ensues. Because Kate Beckinsale is there with her boring fruit flies. Young Kate Beckinsale. lured in. By sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And it doesn't get more Hollywood than that. Than that. Yes. You got all the great places. You got Laurel Canyon, which is this historic spot for rock stars who live up in those houses. Mm -hmm. You got the Chateau Marmont. Yep. If you know this town, you know, Laurel Canyon is a character. It really is. It's it's another and, and it's like one way in, one way out. I mean, it's one very... way in, one way out. You pass all those landmarks, Mount Olympus, that freaking uh, a little store that's kind of up in the, you know, stuff in the in the cut, the, mm -hmm. the little town store. I love it. All right, Laurel Canyon, and, and going off of specific, very specific places in, the, or, in in the in the Southland as we call it, Transfordoran. Yes, yes. Of Fargo fame. I'm going to piggyback off that with Mulholland Drive, and oh, I have to I have to admit, first of all, I have to admit I don't remember very much of it because it's very weird. It's a very weird movie. David Lynch. It's David Lynch. And it's fun. Na young Naomi Watts just out yeah. here on some starlet shit, just trying to get put on like many of us are and just and gets wrapped into a David Lynchian world of, of weird intrigue and, and just shady people. And, and I just remember how the things I do remember about Mulholland Drive is that how much of that part of LA really kind of captured the struggle of the young, of the young actor and those, and those kind of little hamlets of uh, Hamlet, or, you know, those little apartment complex, where everyone's on their grind. Yes, I know people who lived in apartment complexes where everyone's on their grind. So yes, yes, I would say it's so a Mulholland Drive, very stylistic. Once again, you know, <laughs> Lynch, crazy man, and young Naomi Watts, 
That's my third pick. So I got to have a third one? Yep, we're doing five. I'll go with The Muse. Albert Ooh. Brooks. Oh, I remember that. Okay. I believe that she's an actual literary muse who will inspire them to write their next hit. Who inspires it's you to write so... your next hit? Answer correctly. <laughs> Answer wisely. Uh, <laughs> she's not telling. Or then, then that, then they would be your muse. I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't speak on it. Mm. But what I love, what I love about the muse is it speaks to the desperation of Hollywood to glom onto something, some magical thing that they think will help them. And so if that's your hustle, you can come to this town and go, I'm a genie, you know? <laughs> and all you gotta do is, 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 is align yourself with some successful producer, studio exec, director, make them think you've helped them. They'll set you up in a back house, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 lace you with jewelry, mm. And, 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 and clothes and money and car services, and they will spread the word and all their friends will glom onto you too. Mm. And so that's what I love about that movie. And here you have Albert Brooks's character. He's long past his last hit. He just received a Lifetime Achievement Award, which is a death knell in this town. And the studio is waiting on his next hit. Hold on, wait a second. The Lifetime Achievement Award is a death knell in Hollywood? Basically. I had no idea. If you're a youngish person oh, okay. and you haven't made anything in a while <laughs> and they give you a lifetime achievement award, that's a freaking death knell. You're done. Out to yeah. pasture. Wow. Yeah, that's like, oh, you passed your best years. We see you. Deuces. <laughs> and, so, but this, and so he's trying to sell this thing to the studio and he's desperate. He goes to Jeff Bridges, one of his friends, and says, man, I need a hit. I need a hit. And Jeff says, I got this chick. She's a muse. <laughs> oh. She's staying in my back house. You got to gift her with Tiffany's only, mm. you got to put her up, you know, for starters, you got to put her up at the Four Seasons. She mm. likes being on a certain floor. And he's so desperate for a hit. As he everyone is in this town. Trust me. Yes. And it's bleeding him dry. He ultimately <laughs> ends up giving his own bedroom up to her oh. in which she sleeps in he and his wife's bed naked. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the levels of the loss of dignity... <laughs> Just to get a hit in this town is... And it's such a hustle because you don't really know if she's a muse or not. <laughs> she's just this woman who escaped from a psych ward. But Hollywood buys the hustle. And like I like to say, everything in life comes down to marketing. Hashtag marketing. Mm -hmm. Well done. Yes, the muse. Great pick, Lolita. My next pick just takes it off the board because I know you're never going to get my fifth pick. <laughs> this pick has to be Tropic Thunder. I'm just a dude, played a dude, another wrapped another dude, or however that goes. <laughs> I mean, this thing could have been fraught with so many problems. Anytime, I mean... Yo, why do we give Robert a pass on that? Yo, because he's Robert Downey Jr. I in blackface, but just doing it, killing it. Well, Tom Cruise does a share of appropriation, too, in that last final <laughs> cut where he's dancing. <laughs> Come on. What is it? Oh, what is it? He but, does a, a, as, get back, you don't know me like that. <laughs> Who knew Tom Cruise is an excellent dancer? That's amazing. I mean, that movie just full of surprises. Ben Stiller. I mean, it was such a great, I mean, it was a great comedy, a lot of great laughs, but it's also a great parody of the whole studio system. What it's, I mean, actually, and if anyone would know how it goes down on a set, you would know, wouldn't you, Olivia? Isn't that kind of your job these days? I know how it goes down, man. You know, it goes, 
You know how it goes down in the DMs? Yeah. <laughs> down on the set, man. Down on the set, boy. Goes down. Lots of drama, lots of stuff that she can't share with y'all. But man, it goes down. So I love anything, and actually Hollywood Quinn also loves anything that mocks itself, you know, in a in a very expert fashion. And Tropic Thunder definitely did that. Great film, well cast, a lot of laughs. Matter of fact, I need to add that to my Netflix list again. I need to see that again. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been a while. I remember seeing that actually at a screening when I was doing, you know, the movie reviews and stuff. And that and that whole place was up in stitches. And when anytime you get like a, a room full of like movie critics, or whatever, it's kind of hard to get them to really respond to something. So it has to be really good. It was really good. We all responded to that movie at the screening. So, mm-hmm. Tropic Thunder. That was that was some really good stuff. Ben Stiller. Big shouts to you. Number four, Lolita. Mistress. Mistress. Nineteen ninety-two. Okay. Robert Wall. Coming back to is me. Is this writer, and he has this old script that he had been trying to sell for the longest. Y'all get an education. Giving up on it. Martin Landau discovers this. I want to make your movie. Mm, okay. I got some producers who I want to make your movie, but the condition. You got to put our mistresses in this movie. <laughs> so Hollywood. Mistress. So Hollywood. Robert De Niro's character has a black mistress, Shirley Ralph. They all have a mistress. Most of them, all of whom, none of whom can act. No they, talent. They think Citizen Kane, which is one of my Hollywood movies. Nope. That's my number one. Okay. All right. Uh, but think Citizen Kane and Kane's his lover mm-hmm. and how he was determined to make her a star. And mistress <laughs> is that on swole. Wow. And so the condition of like, you can get your movie made, but we're going to put these bad actresses in, in, in your movie, you know, so that we can appease them. Now, would you say, it's once again, Hollywood. Well, uh, classic Hollywood. Now, would you say as, you know, our WBP, our working black producer, TM, <laughs> that there's in almost every production, there's some just throw in, you know, cousin favor. Favor. So, uh, well, uh, what's the credit they always give? Associate producer? It basically means nothing, right? Yeah. Well, I have to look at those producer credit. Stop. No, no, no. <laughs> but yes. When, when you, when, those titular things. When you want to pay off a bet, around. when yes. you want to satisfy a familial yes. demand, when you okay, want to sweetheart up a lover, you yes. make them an associate yes. producer. Associate producer can actually be somebody who grinds, but it can also be one of those titular things where they just slap it on you to appease someone. Give us the real Alita. We want the real Hollywood. Yes. What I'm talking about. All right, so for my final film, and like I said, I knew it would be safe. This was, I do believe, my movie of the year in 2000. Now, you were out of the real deal back then. Can you remember what? Yeah, I remember the reels. All right. I remember those four reels. I remember those. It was the EUR report, bro. Ah! Shout out. Shout out. They still around. Lee Bailey. That bad boy came in my inbox five days a week. All right, all right. So so this was my movie of the year in 2000. He, he's a cinematic legend, directorially. He is notorious for never knowing how to end his films, and he didn't know how to end this film either. But Spike Lee's Bamboozled. My Bamboozled was the bomb. Bamboozled. It's it was, set in New York, but it is a Hollywood film. It is a Hollywood film. It's about Hollywood, and the, the mythical place, the yes. figurative place. So you went in that, yes. Yes, he got Savion Glover, fresh off Bamboozled of. Bamboozled was actually the shit. No, no. Shit? Yes. Say words like shit. Fuck shit, yes. Shit. Fuck yes. Melde. Yes. I'll dress up the shit. Man, I mean, he had him in black. Was it white face? Black face? It was. Yeah, white face. Yeah, white oh, face. Black face. Black face. Yes. It, I mean, it was. They were. They were. Um. There were so many levels to it. Sleeping. 
Sleep, sleep, sleep and eat. We they were cooning for dollars and ba- and, and Hollywood Michael ate Rappaport's it up. Michael character. Oh my god. <laughs> Michael Rappaport's character. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh man, that movie is. I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, which you probably haven't, because you guys were probably born after like 1990, you definitely need to see Bamboozled. Excellent film that really does break down, you know, satirically, but also, just, you know, really poignantly and like disturbingly how Hollywood just, you know, trades off of stereotypes and and and, and tropes and 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 and, and cultural appropriation. Seems, seems very much, you know, in line with with the theme of the evening, the to to make money off of off of you know communities that are that don't have a strong voice. So bamboozled. And the last one. one. Well, he gets the last word. I had said I had said it was going to be Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. but it's not. Okay. And I also thought about Sunset Boulevard, but it's not. This <laughs> freaking network. Because oh, took me to I'm network. not going to take and this anymore. Yeah. And I'm not going to take this and take it anymore. And it's set in New York, but it is Hollywood. Okay. And it is so prescient because it's We're living that it, we? movie. That movie <laughs> talked about what's happening right now with reality television. Mm. The whole thing, you know how bamboozled had the Mau Mau's. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, they had this, they had this militant black organization freaking committing crimes live. Mm-hmm. And Faye Dunaway's Found character yep, was Faye a Dunaway. freaking boss. Mm. She was an, a savage. And poor, poor um William um Ho, uh, William, William Hurt, right? No. no, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. William, William, uh, <laughs> we'll get the right, William. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It begins with an L. William Holder. Uh, 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 who, from Sunset Boulevard. Why can't I think of his name? Oh. Because um, uh, uh, you had Peter Finch. Peter Finch was the mad. Peter Finch, yes. Know, he was the mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, um, um, oh, God. William. William Holden. 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 William yeah. Holden. Yeah. And he's our aging exec who's so wild, who's so wild by her that he leaves his wife for her. And she tells him up front. What's so amazing about Faye Dunaway's character, she's like, I'm not very sexual. <laughs> I pass out real easy. I run out of gas. You know, I save all my energy for programming. I freaking live mm. for making TV pop. So you can have a fair with me, want you. You can leave your wife that you want to. She's not going to go the way you think it is. I know I'm excited to you, but this sex is going to be whack. <laughs> <laughs> and, Sorry. Sorry. And sure enough, she didn't lie. <laughs> and that is a woman who knows what she wants. And ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And I'm of, I'm of the mindset of when you tell somebody who you are, they should believe you. The old Miles line. William right? Holden left his wife for her. Mm. And she was everything she told him she was. And he had to go tell Tuck back to his wife. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, network. It is, it is, it is, it is the it is the snake pit that is Hollywood. It is the savagery. Mm. It is the shark cage with jello bars <laughs> that is Hollywood. Excuse me. It is the shark cage with blood slathered mm. jello bars mm. that is Hollywood, where you think you're protected in that shark cage and the sharks taste that delicious blood. And they just push right through that jello. Nom nom nom. Rat for your ass. <laughs> and yeah. that is Hollywood from the inside out. Yes. A working black producer, Lolita Files, yes. putting a stamp on it. 
Put some steak on it at the end. Put some steak speck on it. Put some steak speck on it. Steak Yes. Excellent. Good job, Liv. Thank you for those five Hollywood movies. And now we're getting to the part of the game, which we know is Jay Devlin's favorite part, where we describe what is Cinema Draft and go into our shot list. Cinema Draft is the fantasy sports version of the movies. You draft 10 actors who are each assigned a dollar value salary. You have 100K in budget to try to draft all 10 actors, no more, no less. You have three release types of movies, wide, limited, and platform. You must draft one actor of each, and these are going to, these according to screen counts. And so you also have a 40% headliner bonus, and each movie has two headliners. For example, if Suicide Squad earns 100 million, Margot Robbie gets 100 points, while Will Smith gets 140 points. There is that 40% headliner bonus. It is free to play, and our beta is open and live. We have experienced 33% growth from the last week we had games, so please come join the fun. And because of last week's uh, having to cancel games, we have doubled the prize pool. Yes! Yes! Yes, it is an $800 prize pool, free to play, the $600 feature presentation is our main game with $180 American up top. Make sure you check it out. And so this is the portion that I call the shot list. These are uh, these are views in views and you sorry, it's late. These are views you can use to pick the winning call sheet. We generally have three sections of the call, of the shot list. And the first section is called the A-list. And these are actors you will definitely want on your call sheet. Uh, with Inferno opening this weekend, there can only, I mean, I mean, what are we even talking about here? I mean, don't overthink it. Get you some Inferno. If you can, headliner stack the Inferno. Get you Tom Hanks of Felicity Jones. It will cost you a pretty penny. It is a wide release. It is a brand new release. And it is going to run you, oh, I don't know, Tom Hanks might cost just 24000 to the date, probably our most expensive actor, but that just shows you what level of the marketplace is going to dominate. Felicity Jones can be had for 22800 and I'm sure we'll see all sorts of interesting strategies. <coughs> Jay Bird, <coughs> Jay Devlin, uh, <laughs> out there trying to manufacture and jerry-rig away around these steep prices. So, yeah, so you want to get Tom Hanks from Inferno, twenty four grand, get you the headliner bonus. Probably going to debut about 35 to 40 million. And also, one you can't go without is I, I hate to say it, I it, I feel unclean even mentioning it. But yes, get Medea in her, his, hers a second weekend. Get you, uh, you know what? You know, just go, go, go the cheaper, the two headliner. Get you, get you Bella Thorne. She's only 13,600. Uh, it debuted at 27 million last weekend. If you assume a 50% drop, and actually, sometimes I believe his films drop as far as 60%. But even still, wow. if you drop that far, you're still going to get you 14, 15 points <clears throat> towards your call sheet. And actually, with the headliner bonus with Bella Thorne, that's probably going to put you up around 20 points. So just get, just, just do it. You know, hold your nose. And pick it. You add it to your call call list call sheet. You won't be sorry. So the next section is what we call the co-starring, and these are also some good values. It might be flying a little bit under the radar. And as far as value goes, this one's a little bit off the beaten path. I know very little about it. We're going with okay. Let me make sure I say her name right. Ashwarya Rai Bakan Bachan, ah. former Miss World, starring in the the Indian, and this is you know East Indian, the Indian film, I Dil Hai Mushkil. 
and I have no idea what it's about. I have no idea, you know, you know who's really in it outside of Miss World, but I know she's a star. I know it's an Indian film, and sometimes these films really overperform under the radar. It's in 290 screens, so that's actually getting you a lot of bang for your buck in the platform release type. So I definitely get – actually, I'd probably headline stack, maybe even do like a three-pack, maybe even a four-pack. They're pretty cheap. She's only 7900 at the platform release type. Uh, you could also get her co-headliner Ranbir Kapoor for seventy two hundred. Everyone else is like seven thousand or less. So that might be the the ticket right there. I've got no tracking on it. This is obviously you know these are a little bit of shot in the dark. We're taping this on a Tuesday, and they, these generally tend to evade traditional tracking. But when I've noticed some Indian movies in the past, they open really strongly in the community. It's on two hundred ninety screens, so I'd say take a flyer at that. It's definitely a co-starring co-starring film you want to check out. So I would I would check out that because you have to have at least one platform re- release. And ah, here we go. So now this entirely depends on how many screens it's going to be on. This is another platform release, but it damn near set a record on just two screens. And I think I think it had like a, a is eight is eighteen thousand per screen or it, it was it was like twenty five thousand something like that uh, dollars per screen. And we're talking about Moonlight. Moonlight will be expanding. We don't know how much. It's going from four screens to, I'm estimating, 25. If it goes to 100, jump all over it. A lot of Oscar buzz around this movie. Dealing with black, uh, black male heterosexuality in, in the black community and its response to it. I've heard a lot of good things. Heterosexuality? It's got- heterosexuality. Oh, okay. I thought it was different. No, no, yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, sorry. Oh, that's what I Homosexuality. Thank yeah. you. Good catch. Yes. Yeah. Black male homosexuality and and other uh, issues that are normally considered quote unquote I'm doing the air quotes for people listening to the podcast taboo in the black community and it's been it's been really well received well reviewed and it stars your boy Cottonmouth from Luke Cage Mahashala Ali I probably got that wrong Mahashala, he's in everything he's he, he, as what I, Remy Danton it for, like speaking in tongues when you say his name you know and Mahashala Ali a.k.a. Remy Dander from House of Cards, a.k.a. Cottonmouth from Luke Cage on Netflix, doing his thing. He's headlining this. And Naomi Harris, uh, Bay from Miami Vice, the remake, uh, so good. Uh, she, or Money Penny from the James Bond movies, whatever. She's also a headliner. They're pretty cheap. He's only 7,100. She's only 6,900. It, it entirely depends on what this is going to theater lock at. If it's going to be... I don't know, I'd even give it a shot, quite honestly, if it was at like 50 screens or more. I'd definitely have plenty of it on my call sheet because the value you're going to get at a platform where you get one point per 100,000 in box office is going to be just It could probably do two or three million in platform release on even just 100 screens, and that would get you 30 points out of one actor. Mahasha Ali. That's right. Now, we're going to the other fan favorite part of the shot list. These are, this is called the cutting room floor. Skip these losers. And what are we skipping this week? Wait, well, are, are, are these made by friends of mine? These losers? <laughs> Give me a heads up on this. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. <laughs> well, actually, I'm, well, I'm thinking it's going to be end up in, in the dustbin this time. It's probably going to be Storks. Now, Storks had a good run. It's still making, you know, two or three million a week. But at 2,700 screens, an, est- an estimated 2,700 screens, still going to be a wide release. It's too wide for its own good. It's, r- it's running out. You don't need two or three points for 85, 8,300, you know, for Jennifer Aniston or Andy Samberg, respectively. You need more. 
And so if you're going to spend, you know, 8500 just, I mean, to you know, go go up to Medea or hell, even do Magnificent Seven at Limited for eight thousand. You get Denzel at a headliner and limited release, and still probably get twice the amount of points you would get at Storks in a wide release. So skip that, skip anything Storks related. It's had it's had a good run. It's made you know hundreds of millions of dollars. Probably it's 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 fine. It doesn't need your support. All right, so skip that loser. And the other one I would say is. Oh man, kind of paint. Well, so if this goes in, if this stays in wide release, which I don't expect it would, because the marketplace is really, really. T- you know, actually, no, I'm gonna skip that one. I was actually thinking about Kevin Hart, but he's actually probably gonna slip just under 2,000 screens and into limited release, so he'll be fine. But I'm thinking, skip keeping up with the Joneses. Don't keep up. All right, don't keep up. They're going to their second weekend off of a lackluster, I think it was like a five or six million dollar opening on 3,000 screens. No. And, and, and most of the times, and I think we covered this in one of our micropods with Jay Devlin, that what a lot of times the studio system does is that with big, you know, with big releases, they'll lock them into these theaters for two weeks just off the break. So it's locked into its 3,000 screens. Ain't nobody going to see it. So you might as well skip anything related to keeping up with the Joneses. It's only get you five or six points. As we've already demonstrated, there's a lot of value to be found on this week's on, on this week's uh, talent pool. So, you know, just have that money be better spent elsewhere. All right. So skip those losers. Get on with your life. And that is the shot list this week. We are bringing this plane in for a landing. We usually do a section here called over under and the over under this week is Inferno 30 million. What do you think is going to be over or under 30 million? <laughs> I don't think he's in Inferno. I don't think he's in Inferno. <laughs> he's too busy. He's in everything, though. I think we should honorarily put him in Inferno. We should retroactively, we should retrofit him. Tom Hanks had no had no room for Mahashala Ali in Inferno, but on his own, young Thomas, Thomas of the Hanks. Young Thomas of the Hanks. And, and what I was told was... on Black Jeopardy. I, I, I did not... Skinny girl, do a skinny black woman do for you? <laughs> not a damn thing. <laughs> I did not see Black Jeopardy, sadly. Oh it was incredible. Uh, I, I will have to YouTube it. I will definitely YouTube it. So Inferno, up over thirty million or under thirty million? Over, over thirty million. All right, you heard it here first. So and so since. Since we'll be returning back next week, most likely with uh, my normal co-host Peter Vote, lead designer of Cinema Draft. I feel like an imposter. Wow, you just dissed the hell out of me with my normal. Where will be back? <laughs> do you want to come back next What's week, Lolita? We really want. Do you, do you want to come back, Lolita? Because you are welcome I'm anytime. I'm tagging this one right now. <laughs> Peter, you're replaceable. We love you. But yes, Lolita <laughs> is the bomb. Uh, so so since so since Lolita made the pick of over thirty, I will. You know, I will take the contrarian go under 30. If it goes over 30, then Peter, you get to have the first pick in our topic next week. If it goes under 30, I will get the first pick next week. Yay for me. All right, wrapping this up, where do we find Cinema Draft? Cinema Draft is available at cinemadraft.co. You click the button that says sign up for beta. You sign up. You get a verification email. You click that link. You get in the game. Where else can you find us? We are on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft. Facebook, Cinema Draft, Instagram. Now, you know, I was about to go off about Instagram. For some reason, they disabled our account. It's bullshit. But we're back on stealth at Play Cinema Draft. What? 
<laughs> medium. Instagram. You know, yeah, if you can find them, no, what kind of customer service has no email? No email, no call, no nothing. It's crazy. Uh, medium slash at Simadraft, where you may also find my now truncated versions of the real deal. He lives again. Five line movie time. And we've got probably about 10 to 15 movie reviews stacked up there for you. And we'll probably see Don't something. They? Uh, yeah. Don't they stop? Go to medium.com slash at Simadraft. I've got reviews. And two, you can read them in two minutes or less. Wow. No more 2,000 word opuses on Bamboozled or <laughs> or how much I love Sanaa Lathan. <laughs> We also have a Pinterest cinema draft. Ladies, holla at us. We want you in the game. And also subscribe to this podcast. Wait, wait, wait. So are you saying that only ladies are on Pinterest? Because I know some dudes that are on Pinterest. Hey, dudes too. But but I'm, I, I think I've been very explicit in previous podcasts that we are making a certain effort to get ladies into this gaming environment. Yeah. For whatever reason, it is like 90-something percent male, I, you know, whereas 52% of the box office are women. So I want us involved. Hell, I came from a woman. I think most of us did. I think you I, name from a woman and a game from a woman. You know, I get it from my mama, you know? So <laughs> I'm, you know, I want us all involved. Let us all play the game. And let's also all subscribe to the podcast. Rate it. Share it. Tell everyone about it. You can find us in iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, wherever is your favorite podcasting outlet. Just look for Cinema Draft Podcast. We are live once again. Double the prize pool from last week with more than $800 of prizes this weekend. Go to cinemadraft.co and sign up for an invite for the beta. Actually, it's, we're past invitation. Just go and sign up. Sign up, sign up, sign up. A feature presentation locks at 6 p.m. Thursday. That means our theater counts lock at 6 p.m. That means at what point? At 6 p.m., whatever the screen count is, that's what we're rocking with for the weekend. And the game itself starts at 10 p.m. on Thursday, all Pacific time. $180 the first, totally free to play. Results will be posted at 3 p.m. Pacific time, Monday. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Lolita Files. What a pleasure to be here. Oh, my God. WBPTM in the house. Please come back. Please, 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 please come back. Yeah. Yes, anytime. And give y'all selves a hand. Thanks for listening to the Simmer Draft Podcast. We out. Cheers.